Welcome to another episode of Talking With Kevin and Son and the People You Should Know. And today we have a very special guest and someone you should know. Matter of fact, we have two guests. Today we're going to be talking about financial literacy. We got a three-step journey we're going to take you on that's going to be orchestrated uh, and directed by Ms. Chatrice Chandler. She is a financial expert and an author. Um, and she will be taking you on this journey. And the program is called We Save Kids. And we also have a very special guest. And we want you guys to stay around because we have from Paris, France, Miss Monique Wells. She is the CEO Ooh. and founder of the Wells Finan um, Wells Found um, blah, blah, blah. Wells International Wells. Foundation. I had it all already and my tongue just wouldn't say it because I I've got three things going on in the back of my head because we did this once, the surprise before, and someone on our show, their dreams came true. Mm -hmm. uh, we always talk about when talking with Kevin and son, we don't have people that drive by an accident. We have people that stop to help. And believe it or not, help is on its way with Monique Wells. But first, we're going to turn the tables and we're going to get to learn who our guest is right now. Most people call her your gal, Shao, Miss Chaltrice. Chandler, welcome to Talking With Kevin and Son. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure. And hello, Moni. <laughs> hello. Hello, Shell. No, you know, I, I, I like this. This is the uh, month of women. And I'm going to tell you, this is the year in my heart of women. And I have two very beautiful, articulate, intelligent, good women that are giving their heart and souls to change literacy for young people. And this program, if you've got a child that can't save a nickel, we're gonna show you how to turn a nickel into a dime and a dime into a dollar with this pro program. But first of all, you know, we all start somewhere. And um, my gal, where did you start? You, you born and raised and not in Philadelphia, like Wilson. <laughs> um, right. Where, where did you come from? So I was actually born in St. Louis, Missouri, and after my parents decided that they were done doing the marriage thing, my mother returned to her home state of Michigan. So I've been a Michigander on and off for about the last 30 to 35 years, and uh, currently I reside in the Detroit metropolitan area with my husband Otis and my niece and nephew who we raise. All right. Well, in the Black community... Um, the conversation of financial, financial wealth, it's at the, uh, the forefront of our conversation right now, but it's just talk with, with a lot of us. And growing up, I know, you know, uh, my grandfather did a great job, always told me that if I couldn't afford, afford to pay cash for it, he says, you don't need it. So, you know, he always took a little bit from us to um, save for us, which we were heartbroken because we, we worked all day long and we, we wanted the whole quarter. We didn't want to have to split it up in thirds. But um, you're, you're a college graduate. You're an author of a book. We're going to talk yeah. about that. We're going to talk about how you created this program and how people can get involved, involved in it. But did you learn your financial um, um, connection through your parents or is it taught by a tutor? a teacher or a mentor? How did you, you come to have a better relationship with a dollar? Hey, thanks for that, for that question, Kevin. And so I believe that you have to keep it real to affect real change. 
And growing up, I come from a, a family of entrepreneurship. My father owned his own construction business, your mom and pops, you know, kind of carpentry for 25 years before he lost his battle to cancer. And he was from, uh, you know, the South. He was from Tennessee, from Bolivar, Tennessee. And in that era that he grew up in, women were supposed to stay home and take care of their job was to take care of home and, and the children and to, you know, just be there for the man to keep him as strong as possible, you know, so that he could provide. However, I got a lot of mixed signals. I idolized my father and I also got my strong work ethic from him. Uh, but he didn't feel that it, it was necessary for him to teach me about financial literacy. He was a very good financial steward. Actually, he's what I would call today a super saver. And um, he taught that to my brothers who continue the, the, the trade today, but not to me. In fact, when I asked him, I remember saying, Dad, I want to take over the business someday. I just, I want to do this. I can do this, you know. And he laughed out loud. I was devastated. So um, I didn't start off with uh, the foundation that, that I now promote today. On my mother's side of the fence there, she married so young. And she, she married my father when she was 17. She had to get permission to do it. And she was a homemaker the whole time. And he, my father was in charge of our finances. So that road was kind of closed off too. So how did I get to where I am today? So basically what happened was I developed a positive relationship with money after a certified lived experience of hitting rock bottom face first <laughs> <laughs> back in 2012 uh, when I myself uh, divorced for the first and last time. And I, I had two outs. One out was not an option, and the other was to make a decision to figure out why I was you know, stuck in this cycle. And from that, I realized I was just broke, not broken. So that's how it started. And um, you wrote a book behind this. Yeah, yeah, I did. So I, the first book that I, I wrote, I co-authored a story by that same name, Broke Not Broken, in an anthology with two other amazing women. And again, in the spirit of, of keeping it real, I go, I go in to let people know what was going through even my mind at the time. And that no matter how much I made, I, could, I couldn't save. And then I talk about how I came out of that. So I have been helping individuals uh, break those same chains since 2014, once I went through a series of experiments and trials and really dissected my own finances and understood not just how, but why I was spending. Um, fast forward to January of last year, I was implementing multi-million dollar portfolio programs, uh, energy saving program, money saving programs for utilities. And I got the call that I was gonna be laid off. And it was, it was frustrating. Um, it was, oh, it was just so frustrating. And so, I talked it over with, with my husband and I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this endeavor that I've been doing on the side for years and I'm going to make it, make it my mission. Enter uh, freeing up my time, I added the We Save Kids portion to it. We Save Kids uh, has two main goals for this year. Uh, number one, I've written this book, Kelsey 100, which you know, we can talk about uh, later or now if you like, 
But basically, um, I wanted to create a program to teach not just all children, but specifically black and brown children who are in the worst categories, right? The worst performance wise, when it comes to our knowledge on financial literacy, um, as well as our exposure to education. Also, the number one question I get from parents, especially those who, who are even uh, financially sound and have those life skills already, is do you have anything for kids? So when I set up my website, I looked for books and things that I could put out there so that parents could have a resource, couldn't find any. Most of it's on self-love and you know those types of things. So I wrote some books. <laughs> and uh, Money is Good, Kelsey 100 is the first book in that series. Um, it's actually inspired by my, my real life niece. Her and her, her brother have lived with us uh, since my, we uh, shepherded, we took over the, the reins from my, my brother who is uh, very ill. And uh, it's, it chronicles with a, with a mixture of fun, the journey she went through to save her first hundred dollars. Now, now she asks, is it, are we spending my money? Are we spending your money? <laughs> And I, and I just love it. Well, to my listeners, I want to make sure you, you understand when I talk about experts, when I talk about uh, your gal, Xiao, she is the CEO of YGS Solutions. She's also the president and the founder of a nonprofit is We Save Kids. She has an MBA from Wayne State University. And correct me if I get any of these wrong. She's a certified project manager. Um, and she's got a PMI from George Washington State University. And she is a member of the National Financial Education Council. Um, so uh, she is the real deal. Now, also sitting on the panel with us is Miss Monique Wells. And I know she probably has a couple of questions for you because she is huge when it comes to literacy for young people. And the International Wells Foundation has already done miracles for one of my guests um, on, on here. And I think that we're going to have them up coming up pretty soon. We're going to do a recap of this show. I am a mini entrepreneur and their book is now part of a curriculum in New York state, New Jersey, and also Houston, Houston, which is, uh, has a personal connection with Miss Wells. And if you have any questions for, um, uh, our gal, go ahead and ask her, um, Miss Wells, and then we'll talk about her book and talk about the steps of um, We Save for Kids. Okay, well, first of all, thanks, Kevin, for inviting me. Um, I wanna tell everybody that, that I'm, I am a doctor. I'm Dr. Monique Wells. I'm a veterinary pathologist and toxicologist. And part of the reason that the, the guest that Kevin has referred to and who we're gonna be doing a new show with in, I don't know, another week or so, um, is because of the work that I do as a veterinary pathologist and toxicologist. Now, I am also the founder and CEO of the Wells International Foundation, which is domiciled in Houston, Texas. That's where I'm from. And that's where um, my nonprofit, I call it WIF, W-I-F for short, that's where we started our literacy initiative. And we focus on black and brown children, grades K through three, and we want to instill in them not only the ability to read, but also a love of reading. And we look to supply books with characters that look like our K through three population. So we're looking to show them characters in books that who are black and brown. 
And I cannot think of a better thing to show them than um, to show them books with black and brown children who are learning how to manage money. Oh my gosh. You know, so I got chills up and down my spine because you know something, if anyone would have told me at the third grade that I was going to be in this position to talk to two very dynamic women, one from all the way across the world, back over to here, and to be talking about literacy, especially I'm almost graduated from college without learning how to read or write. I'm one of those melanated mm -hmm. kids that did well just because they had a dream. And I'm on the platform with two of the most dynamic women on this planet. Oprah, you think you have a thing going on? Wait you to see this show. All right. Um, my gal, let's go yes. ahead and talk about, you know, the first steps, two steps, mm -hmm. three steps. Do we save kids? How does this work? Mm -hmm. Right. So there are a few parts. So one part is reading to our kids. I mean, there are half a million homes in impoverished homes that don't even have books. But if you have to have a book, should it be on something as important as this topic? So my first goal is to have Kelsey 100 live in the lives of children in all 50 states by the end of this year. I also um, am an ambassador, a student ambassador for Utica Public Schools here in Michigan. And I basically go and I speak on behalf of the, of the children. As a matter of fact, our, our next uh, meeting is coming up this week. And I promote that financial literacy should be part of K-12 education. There are presently 42% of our states right now, it's about 25 states, that even requires some kind of economic or uh, financial related class in order, to, in order to graduate, but that's in high school. If we get to our children now, right? If we get to them now when they're early, the likelihood that they'll have higher credit scores, that they'll have less debt, and that they will save more money goes up exponentially. So the second thing that I do is I, I both read and um, I will uh, coach children, right? Parents will ask me to either talk to their children or I will come and talk to a group. Matter of fact, I'm reading to three schools uh, between today uh, and next week. And then lastly, as part of the, the nonprofit, I am uh, working to build a fund to uh, match the initial deposit of kids who start their first bank account up to $50. And my goal is 365 kids. So far I have seven, <laughs> but I have $18,250 that I need to, to raise in order to meet that goal. So I read, I advocate, um, I teach, uh, I love to do crafts, and then I also reward them for their effort. All right. That's fantastic. Now, in mo most families, and we have to be honest, and I, I heard this conversation when I was one of 1,500 people speaking to a lot of investors from the UK, and the conversation came up that says $8 billion are left unattended in the United States of America. And there was a long, dramatic pause, and he says, invest in Black. And for some reason, he failed to look out into the audience and see that I was the only Black person in that audience. And then his next statement shocked me and then reality hit in. He says, black people, they're not business people. They like shiny things. And I'm quoting him exactly what he says. He says, they are consumers. They're not business people. And I sat back and I'm going, you know, he's right. 
All right. We get our paycheck. And by the time our, our paycheck clears the bank, we're broke on Monday and we're working, you know, trading hours for dollars on, on Monday through Sunday, waiting for that weekly or biweekly check to come through. How do you educate a person that has not been educated and have the same relationship that many of us on this panel have with money? How do we get that person to turn the table? What's the conversation? Right. So the program that I started with in 2014, again, after going through my own journey, is called We Save 365. And that started um, with a mission to build a community of savers, virtually, locally, and otherwise, one day, one dollar at a time. My system is, is simple. It's, it's three steps. We create a, a blueprint right, for success, which starts with dissecting your finances, figuring out, like myself, I, I found that I was an emotional spender and emotional spending are just things that you can't budget for, right? That you don't budget for. So I help people identify triggers and then create some tactics to help them protect their, their wealth from themselves while they go through step two, which is to build the skill. See, no one tells you that. They always say, um, you know, spend within your means, but you also have to save within your means. And saving is a skill. And as with any other skill, it must be acquired. So step two is, is building this, the, this skill. And then three is applying the skill. That's step three. So I have a uh, tried and true um, exercise that I have, I have my clients go through. And then I help them understand what they can afford to save and then set goals that are not only reasonable and achievable, but they know how to adjust, right? If something like life, uh, like life happens, but those are the three, the three steps. All right, Ms. Wells, anything? Yeah, so a couple of questions. Um, your clients, the, the, the people that you're speaking of just now, mm -hmm. these are adults or are they children? So um, I think it's my responsibility to pour into our future generation of leadership. So that's just part of my job as citizen. Um, the clients, when I, when I use that term, I'm referring to adults that are begin again or beginning savers. Okay. Well, okay. Go ahead. So I, I know the way that I handle finances with my kids. Um, it, it originally became as stock on, on holidays, birthdays, and, and Christmas, and so forth. Then it, it, it became part of um, household chores, doing things in the neighborhood. I know I have my hustle with, with lawnmower and you know landscaping and snow removal and so forth. But mm -hmm. I was also devastated when I brought my, my uh, little nickels and dimes home when my grandparents you know, would, would take a certain percentage and says, you know, we're going to give a little bit back to the church. We're going to give put a little bit in the savings and this is what you, you get. And I kind of looked down at my hands. I'm going, you know, I shoveled a lot of snow. Why, why am I only getting a third of this? <laughs> so um, when, you, when you're telling a single mom that is struggling to put food on the table and she's got three kids that she's trying to get off to school and, and, and fed, um, how does this conversation of financial literacy hit home with that child? How do you drive the message home? Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much. I love this question. Let me, let me tell you why. Um, it's because if a child, right, is made to feel like they're a, a burden, like they're an expense, or they're worth nothing, that automatically sets the stage for a, a negative relationship with money. So we have to speak positivity into our kids, right? When, they, when you hear health is wealth, to me, what I hear is you have to have a healthy mindset 
before you can develop a wealthy mindset. The second thing is I teach uh, parents because they need to learn a different language themselves, right? That let the kids sit down at the table and watch you pay bills. And when you're talking about, uh, we, I just had this conversation with my niece and nephew again uh, yesterday, where I'm like, I've got to pay this bill because we just moved, it's the final this and that. And they were like, well, that's a lot of money uh, for bills. And I said, so what did we, what do we learn about that though? Oh, bills are the, the fees due for products and services. So I teach uh, adults to think of the positive things that money does for us. So even if you can't pay the entire bill, right? Still, even if you're making arrangements, what you're paying for helps maintain a standard of living that lets me kiss my kids at night, have hot water, right? When we take a bath, you know, uh, cook your food and nourish your bodies. And so, so I do it that way. Also, there's always so much focus on how much a person has, has saved. And so I, I, I beat down, you know, beat, beat in and just uh, hit over and over and over again. It's not about how much you save, it's about how much you keep. And developing the skill has less to do with the amount you save um, versus the building the consistency. So if you can save a dollar a day today, you know, when you have your come up, you'll be able to save $1,000 a day if that's what you wanted to do. So that's what I, what I keep them focused on. Also, um, in those uh, tactics to protect them, their wealth from them, themselves, um, it's meant to help them understand themselves as a spender so that they can do what works for them. People, just like children, we save for a purpose, a place, or a thing. And so I spend a lot of time um, identifying what motivates them and what triggers them. And then we, you know, then we plan, we plan from there. The last thing I'll mention in this uh, specific scenario is <laughs> when I'm helping a person put together a plan, let's say they can afford to save $100 a month, but their goal is double that. We talk about ways, you have to make a decision. Either you're going to create space, more disposable income in your budget, you're gonna create additional streams of revenue, or you're going to adjust your goal to be in a time frame that fits your current uh, standard of living. So these are the types of things that I go through. Anyone can save, anyone can save. Now, when we, we have the conversation of savings, are you talking about taking your money and putting into a low interest savings account? Or are you teaching your kids to uh, invest in um, stocks and bonds? Or uh, I think the new thing right now is NFTs and crypto mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. What is that conversation? All right. So my niece and nephew uh, were born in the, the, the city of St. Louis. Just when we were moving their the money, the little money they had from their grandma um, to a jar, they were freaking out because they were used to their parents stealing the money, right? And I'm talking about, you know, my brother. And I'm not saying stealing is a bad word to use, but using the money for whatever they used it. It's for. unauthorized withdrawals. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I what I deal with, what I help people with is, is before they get to that stage that they're ready to develop that wealth mindset. I help them develop a positive relationship with money first. So my niece and nephew started, everything had to be clear and out in the open so that they could see that the money wasn't going anywhere. We taught them about uh, revenue generating opportunities. 
Um, we taught them how to comparison shop. We don't let them buy things unless they know if they have enough and how much they're gonna have left over. Um, and then we create you know, other, other opportunities. Now that it's been a couple of years, last year, the, probably Q4 of last year, we added an investment box and we taught them how to calculate interest. And um, so, so we, we build. And I, I think a lot of the, the, the programs today, when I look at like the, um, there are guidelines that are put out for K through 12 education for all grades, starting at about the third grade by the uh, Council for Economic, Economic Education um, for Children. And it has to do with spending, saving and investments. There's like six things on the list, but investment way, way down the list. So I like to focus on them getting the fundamentals and teaching financial life skills as well as, as literacy. So I leave the investment part mostly to uncle. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, to, to my listeners, uh, I, I wanna let you know that even in my neighborhood, I live next door to Vanderbilt. And as much as you, you, you think about the, the legacy of the Vanderbilt, when I see the Vanderbilts driving a Mazda, it makes it very tough for me to, to justify driving in a Mercedes when the legacy of that Vanderbilt le legacy is not uh, is much deeper than the Macklemore legacy, which is the reason why I drive a Hyundai right now. Love the car. It's a great car. I mean, I'm going to tell you, it has all the amenities of the BMW, the Mercedes and everything else. And I'm giving an unauthorized plug to, to a, a sponsor that's not a, yet a sponsor. But I also want people to know how to reach you. You've given a lot of great information. So if you don't mind, how do, how do our listeners get in touch with you? Absolutely. So first and foremost, please feel free to visit uh, yourgalshell.com. Yeah. So I have some resources there. You can find out about my programs there and also my books and things. I also do what I call... Um, edutainment, where I do videos, kind of humorous videos that are, are on uh, TikTok, they're on Instagram, and you can also find me on Facebook uh, at Shell Chandler. But I'm your gal Shell, just about everywhere. All right. All right. Dr. Wells, I know you're sitting there with a smile and I, I can see your, your head spinning. I've, I've, I've seen this look before. <laughs> Yes, you have. And so, and you are right. My head is spinning and my ideas are turning. And I'm wondering, Shell, about the book that you showed, The um, Money is Good. What is the, the subtitle there? Something 100? Yes, Kelsey 100. Mm -hmm. Kelsey yes. is the name of the girl? That's the name of my niece, yes. And so the, the premise of the book is she loves animals. So I find it ironic, Dr. Wells, your line of um, work and study. <laughs> but it's about a little girl who loves animals and decides that one day she's going to build her dream zoo. And in order to do that, she's got to save. So another element that I focus on every single page, illustration, hairstyle, uh, front, everything is strategic and intentional. So I have her doing non-traditional roles. Girls take out the garbage, right? <laughs> Collecting, you know, and, and redeeming cans, right? So different things that, that she went through, but also how to track it, how to mm -hmm. deposit it. I make the kids practice filling out deposit slips. Like it goes through a little bit more than just showing her how to save. And I've actually written five books and I'm in the process of publishing the next two. 
Okay. And so how old is Kelsey? What is the age range for this book? Right. So the age range for this book is it's about kindergarten through fifth grade. And okay. um, yeah, Kelsey is eight going on nine okay. and my nephew is okay. nine. Okay. And um, can we, how can we order this book? The book is available on my website at yourgalshell.com forward slash shop. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Right. Okay, wonderful. Can we buy in bulk? You can. And yeah, listen, we can talk about that for sure. Yeah, for sure. This is excellent because the marriage of uh, financial literacy and the fact that uh, Kelsey in your book is trying to say to build a zoo, it's squarely into the um, book club idea that my partner and I have launched for the Youth Veterinarian Initiative. And that's what we're gonna be talking about with Kevin um, next week. So I'm extremely interested in learning about this because not only is the zoo part relevant, but the part about financial awareness, financial literacy is extremely important for underserved and up underrepresented minorities such as black and brown children who think that they want to enter the field of veterinary medicine because the study is extremely expensive. And so we need to not only, YVI um, is encouraging young people to consider the field of veterinary medicine, and we're also wanting them to understand from a very practical standpoint what it takes to get to vet school, what it takes to go to vet school, and what it takes to pay off the debt that you have when you leave vet school. Dr. Wells, I promise you on everything, <laughs> my nephew, their older brother, who has a different mother, uh, he's, he's studying to be a veterinarian. I kid you not. Oh my God. He's, he oh has, he's, God. yeah, he's in an eight year program that he's so smart. And as long as he, he sticks with it, which he will, um, he will have a full ride. So I'm hoping that he chooses Michigan State because that's near auntie and uncle, okay. but okay. he's literally studying to be a veterinarian. This is the, the hair on my arms is standing up. I'm, I'm so excited. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> hey, I, I, okay, I, we gotta I'm, hook up. We gotta hook up after this call. <laughs> I, I, I am going to, to, to tell you, my gal, your hair is gonna be standing up for the next seven, seven days. Because after I connect you with Mrs. Wells, I'm gonna tell you, um, this is not a Disney, Disney movie. This is reality. Dreams do come true when you're part of the International Wells Foundation. I've seen it in action. I always talk about people that um, we are connected with and the people that we should know are people that do not drive by the scene of a crime. They stop to help. Mm -hmm. They render that. So when we talk about uh, financial literacy, we talk about the people's fixed um, expenses. We talk about their expenditures. We talk about you know what they spend extra. So going through all of that before we wrap up, let's just talk about you know giving a, a brief uh, summary of what most people will think about things that they naturally have to spend every single month that comes out of their paycheck, the, the uh, extras that we spend money on that we can do without. I can tell you right now that if uh, you had a child today and you're a cigarette smoker 30 years from now, if you to take that carton of cigarettes that you've, you've been burning your money with for 30 years, you have $167,000 and some change if you invest it in a low yield um, fund for your child. So just, you know, when your child is broke, 
Ask every single time you take a, a drag on a cigarette, why is he broke? You started it. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, there's so many things that you could pick, you know, in order to, to build that narrative on for, for sure. Um, but basically, there are the, the living expenses that we need to maintain, whatever our standard of living is, right? Gas and electric, um, our vehicles. I drive a Hyundai as well. <laughs> and our home. <laughs> and, you know, in our homes, that, that sort of thing. Well, that's the unique part about identifying whether or not you're an emotional spender. So the way that would manifest might go something like this. Um, the, so having had times where I've been in just the one time a very abusive, you know, relationship, mostly you know, verbally, um, I used to be so, so miserable. So my idea of countering that negativity in the world was to bring joy to others. So I would spend money or if I wanted to escape from a very stressful situation, one of the, the first things I found when I dissected my finances, I was making $25,000 uh, less than I was when I was laid off uh, from my, my job of 18 years uh, back in 2012. $25,000 less when I, when I went back to work for the state after graduate school. But I still had like hundreds of dollars, like three or $400 left over in a month. How was that possible? And I was spending hundreds of dollars without even realizing I'm just on Kino, right? Just on things like lottery tickets and, and, and uh, you know, going dancing and that sort of thing. So armed with that information, the way it would transform into a tactic would be to, I volunteered in my dance class instead of paying $10 at the door. I could cha-cha-cha back right with, with the rest of them after about 45 minutes. <laughs> so I assisted in the dance class so I didn't have to pay for the classes themselves. And so these real practical, real life tactics is why when I work one-on-one -on -one, uh, with a client, I meet people where they are and help them create a pathway for where they wanna go. But ultimately, they have to do the work. I ask this question of every guest that I, I have on here, 99.9%. .9%, and I, I, I say this, and I'm going to say ask big, A-S-K. If you had one wish that would come true, and one of my listeners, one of our listeners would grant you that wish, and I'm going to say dream big, baby girl, dream big, what would that wish be? Hmm. There are over 87,000 elementary schools in the United States. I would like Kelsey 100 to be purchased and in school libraries in all 50 states for at least 67% of those schools. That's my big ask by the end of this year. I'm going to tell you, Dorothy, click your heels three times because I'm going to tell you, okay, the reason why the whiz existed is because Oz was real. And I'm going to tell you, it, it's, <laughs> you have no idea what's coming to you in, in the form of a Wells Foundation. Um, I, you have no idea. I, I bet, I'm, I'm going to tell you, every single time I mention Monique Wells' uh, name, a tear comes to, to my eyes because I never thought I would be in a position to be connected to someone that can make someone's dream comes true. Mm -hmm. And um, I... I 
I'm emotional right now. And so I, I'm going to make it real easy. How do people get in touch with you? And you give it in great detail, your Instagram account, your Facebook, mm -hmm. your LinkedIn account. Mm -hmm. And I heard you even have a TikTok. I haven't, a TikTok. I haven't seen that. I know nothing about TikTok. Oh, I'll send you some links um, to some of my videos. So I'm your gal shell on TikTok. I'm your gal shell on Instagram. Uh, YourGalShell.com is my, my website. On Facebook, I'm Shell Chandler, Shell Chandler. On LinkedIn, I am Shell Chandler MBA. Um, my email address is uh, hello at YourGalShell.com. <laughs> I try to be consistent with my brand. Uh, we've invested a lot of uh, sweat, sweat equity in, in trying to make that consistent um, across the board. But those are the ways that you can, and I'll give you my phone number. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you want to give the world your phone number, um, I think your husband's name Otis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say be, be discreet. You're a good looking woman. You have no idea who <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to hear sitting on the dock of the bay being played from Detroit. <laughs> uh, Dr. Wells, Monique Wells, the International Wells Foundation, before we close. Um, as well as international is with W-I-F. Okay, I'm going to get it right, but thanks for correcting me, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what happens to me, concussions from playing football, all right? <laughs> um, anything closing you want to leave us with, our listeners with? How do we get in touch with you? Well, for me, just go to wellsinternationalfoundation.org.org. You'll find our website there. We're on Facebook as well, Wells International Foundation and Instagram, Wells INT. Um, but the, the website is the best place to, to dive into what it is that we're doing. And I am just really excited about the possibility of collaborating with Shell on her books, um, our literacy uh, strategic focus area and our STEAM education um, strategic focus area, specifically our youth veterinarian initiative, perfect marriage for everything that you're doing. And again, Kevin, you're a matchmaker made in heaven. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. There I'm the, I, I'm the hitch of Thank podcasting. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I am going to, going to say, I am much appreciative to both my gal, Shao, um, for coming on. Um, I know how busy you are. I am really uh, appreciative of um, Dr. Wells for always having my, my back and giving me support. She has a wonderful um, program over there. So please, my listeners, support her, look her up, um, connect with her, share with her. Um, and to my listeners, I am humbled, you know, every single time, you know, that I, I see one or two more people that follow and like or share this podcast. I'm not looking to break records. I'm looking to make impressions on people's hearts. We've covered a lot of inf information at this point in this episode. So I hope that through the, we have entertained you, we have and enlightened you. And at some point we have touched your soul to where it changes the view that you're now looking out through your window. If you are really interested and want to support RMK Productions, go to our website, uh, info at rmkproductions.net or subscribe and follow us on our YouTube page at RMK Productions and Network. I appreciate you guys so much, Dr. Wells. I can't wait to, um, to share your story with um, Tori and Danielle in a, in a couple of weeks. And 
um, God, I, I'm tearing up right now because I, I know what's coming. My grandfather always says, when you get to a position, you can help someone. He says, it's your duty to do so. Reach one, teach one, and we'll fade to black. I'm Kevin mm -hmm. McLemore. I'm your host. Thank you for listening.